the podcast on the Sing Second Sports Network are a ProVision Advisors production. At ProVision Advisors, we specialize in strategic communication planning, execution, and coaching for senior-level leaders and communicators dedicated to achieving success. Visit ProVisionAdvisors.net to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the one and only Navy Football Podcast. It is Army-Navy week, and we are going to talk about the big game. This is our last podcast of the season. We've had a very successful season. Really, really uh, happy with our increase in listenership, and we thank everyone for tuning in each week to hear Eric Catani, Keenan Reynolds, and myself talk Navy football. I am joined, of course, by the aforementioned former Navy football greats, both of whom played in the NFL, fullback Eric Catani, quarterback Keenan Reynolds. Guys, let's get right to it. Uh, Chris Cervello, our producer, has informed us that Navy is a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, Army has played a very weak schedule and is basically in the same position as Navy with five wins, uh, one more than Navy. But if Navy were to win the game, they'd end up with the same record. Uh, meanwhile, Navy's played a real you know, competitive schedule. It's ranks among the best in the nation. And Navy is coming off a pretty impressive stretch against Cincinnati, Notre Dame, and Central Florida, in which Navy showed very strong, uh, playing pretty good football. Are you surprised that Navy is an underdog in this game? Not really, honestly. Um, I think that the the odds makers don't really look at it. I, I don't think that they necessarily look at it like that. They may be looking at it at a pure on a pure like win to win basis, and they also could be looking at maybe like common opponents. So like the Air Force game, you know, outcomes for either team, like who played it closer or whatever. That's my suspicion. I don't think that um, they're thinking about like strength of schedule because. I, I don't. I think we were under underdogs last year, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong there. I'm sure Scott will fact check me. But um, yeah, I mean, at this point, like, it doesn't really matter if it was a 15 or 20 point underdog or, or favorite. Like, when you get to this game, anything can happen. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't even matter who had the better schedule because, like, while I do think we're a much better football team, like, it's something about that game where sometimes you play down to the competition or the inferior team decides they want to play their best complete game uh, of the season. So you never really know how these things are going to go when you actually get to game day. Yeah, Keenan's exactly right. We were somewhere between seven and eight point underdog last year. And if you remember, everybody was really surprised because that was high. Uh, that, that was a high point differential for the Army-Navy game. It tends to be around, you know, three or four points, depending on who has a better schedule. So Keenan, Keenan's exactly right. You, you kind of throw that stuff out when you get to this game. I think Eric disagrees with Keenan about the being surprised. Eric is uh, stunned that the Army's favored. Absolutely. Army's trash, to be honest. They, they, I watch a couple games. They're not, they're, they're not good. They're not good. It's just, you know, if you, if you guys watched the uh, Tulane game today and, you know, they, they won and, you know, UCF played well. Um, you know, we played well versus them, Notre Dame, multiple teams. Like, we, we should be bowl eligible right now. I know we made a bunch of mistakes early in the season, and, you know, they cost us to be bowl, bowl eligible and go into this game. And, you know, we should have beat Air Force. We should have beat, you know, Notre Dame, a couple teams like that. So, 
uh, I think we absolutely show up to Philadelphia and go 34 nothing. That's my prediction. 34 nothing. Wow. I, I want to be I, I want to be clear. Like I don't disagree with the the notion that we should roll army um at all. Like I think that we are the superior team, sure. And uh, you know, I definitely agree with Eric and like I've always thought Army Army was trash, like even obviously when I was playing. And so I think that the only reason that those games are close is because we tend to play down to their level. But like years like 2019, where we just absolutely rolled them, where we were clearly a better team and we didn't like succumb to the to the environment of the game and played our game, you know, we, we beat them handedly, right? Um, I remember 2013 was another year like that where we just beat them handedly. But like several years that I played and we won, like we were way better. We just didn't play well. So it's just like if we can find a way to just be to click like we did against Central Florida, where we're playing a complete game on offense and defense and special teams, we'll beat them by two touchdowns. Um you know, 24 points, we win the game. I think that that kind of is the – I said that last year. That's kind of the point barometer. If you can – whoever can score 24 points is likely to win the game because there aren't too many Army-Navy games that I can remember or that I've ever heard of that were shootouts. So, 24 points, and you'll win. Hey, Bill, what was the last time – what was last year that Navy shut out zero points to Army? The Navy got shut out? No, no, we shut out. We shut out Army. Well, 34 nothing in 2008. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Now, Army shut out Navy, obviously, in the, the game up there at West Point, 15 nothing, where Navy failed to score on the goal line. And I think that's yep. a good place to go next. Um, real quickly, I'm going to tell you guys that Army has the number two ranked rushing offense in the country. Um, the Black Knights are averaging almost – well, they're at 304 yards per game on the ground. Navy is eighth at 239, so that's quite a differential. Bill, 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 Bill. when you're playing the scout team every week, it's not hard to rush for 300-plus yards a game. But, <laughs> but to be a top-10 rushing team when you play in a conference like the AAC, who every single year has a champion representing in the group of – like, it's like a group of five uh, rep for I don't know how many years running. And we're always, you know, top 10 rushing for the most part. We've had some off years, but, like, we're always always top 10. Like, I put zero stock into that. I think our defense is going to absolutely roll these, these dudes. Like, I don't see them moving the ball against us unless they can throw it, and I don't think they can throw it. No, yeah, they're they, not a good yeah, – just they like they, the, they, they played the Citadel and Mercer and, and Villanova, though. You know, come on, dude. <laughs> so, the two guys I will mention that their, their quarterback, Tyher Tyler, is their leading rusher with – 601 yards. Uh, he's a dangerous threat. He, he's Tyler's been around a few years now. He's played an Army-Navy game before. He's a talented kid. And then they've got uh, two bruisers, Tyson Riley and Jacoby Buchanan, are both 260-pound fullbacks. That's the strength of their game. Army is primarily a quarterback, fullback-generated triple-option offense. There's you know, not a whole lot of pitching to the slots. Um and then Army's got a decent defense led by Andre Carter. Now, Andre Carter, who's many consider an NFL prospect, is more of a pass rusher. Um, so he's a defensive end. He's a long-rangey guy. But his forte is rushing the quarterback, and that's not probably going to be a huge issue in this game. Um, 
And then they've got a nice receiver, Isaiah Alston. You guys may remember he's been around a few years. He's a big, tall kid. He's their primary target. Uh, and then defensively, Mikel Broaden of safety is leading tackler. Um, I mentioned Carter, who has 37 tackles, including seven for loss and three, three and a half sacks. Uh, so, uh, you know, it'll be a good battle, as we know. Let me ask you this. Xavier Arline. I talked about the fact that at West Point, Navy failed to score from the goal line. Xavier broke a long run and was headed, seemingly headed for, to the end zone for a touchdown, and he got caught from behind by the safety, and Navy then failed to score on four downs inside the Army three-yard line, and that was kind of the defining moment of that 15-0 shutout loss at Mikey Stadium. Xavier did not get to play much in the Army-Navy game last season. They had a special package put together for Xavier. And on the very first play that he was in, a little quarterback keeper up the middle, he pulled his hamstring. So Xavier played in this game as a plebe. He played one play as a sophomore. Now it's on his shoulders as a junior. Keenan, I'll start with you. Do you expect Xavier Arline to play big and play well because he's going to have to in this game. Yes, I think that uh, I think my first concern with him is that he can that he stays healthy in the lead up to the game. That his body is as fresh as it has been all season. Come Saturday, December tenth. That's my first concern. I think he has the experience of having played that twenty twenty game, so it's not his first rodeo. I think we were a little. We were probably a little nervous last year because that was Ty's like first time really playing in the Army Navy games. Um, but I think I think Xavier has that experience. He's he's he swallowed the bitter bitter pill of being a starter who lost Army. Um, he's on a roll. He's been playing well the last three games. Take care of the football. Make good decisions. Hit the hit the open play actions when they're there. I mean, it's it's really that simple um, against these dudes. Like. The big thing is, like, you get in these games, you start turning the ball over, and you make your, make it really hard to win. Um, There's always, like, a handful of plays. I was thinking about the the 2012 game, uh, Bill, that we talked about last week, and it was and we talked about how it was just a handful of plays that went one way or the other. That's what it's going to come down to. And that and that was really on, like, at quarterback. Like, are you going to make the right decision? Are you going to take care of the ball when it gets to those clutch plays? I'm not – I have a lot of confidence in X and the way he's been playing these last few weeks. And I think that with him having a little bit of having experienced defeat in this game is actually going to be an asset for him going into it because there's, there's no, like it really isn't no pressure for him. Like just go play your game um, and just do what you've been doing and you'll win. So obviously I mentioned about the army fullbacks. They're bruisers. They're 260 pounders. A Navy has a completely different style fullbacks. Daba Fafana and Anton Hall Jr., who are getting the bulk of playing time. Fafana, the starter, and getting the bulk of carries, and Anton coming off the bench. They're 205, and they're guys that want to run more zone type plays. They're, and I can, that, that concerns me in this game, Eric, because this game is played in a phone booth. I guarantee you, Army's going to put 10 men up in the box. And I think it's going to be hard for a 205-pound fullback to move the pile. And the fullbacks did very little against Air Force, and I'm concerned about that. Your thoughts? 
Well, Bill, I'm going to go with the, uh, the theme of the jerseys, NASA. One of the sayings was the stars don't look bigger, they do look brighter. And Daba is brighter. Daba is going to show up. He's ready. He's, he's, he's two weeks off, about to be three right now. The team's going to be healthy. X is going to show up. And I, I think it's going to be a big game, actually, with the wide receivers. I think Coach Okayas has his guys ready to show up and make big plays. The catches that the, the, the wide receivers have made, especially versus Notre Dame in the second half, have been lights out. So I'm, I'm ready for these guys to show up, and I'm ready for Coach Niemont to, you know, show and say to the, the, the people out there, you know, that, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, losing seasons the past couple of years. But I think it's time to put the, the exclamation mark on, you know, why he has been the best triple option coach the past two decades. So I'm excited for December 10th. I'm ready for fullbacks to show up. But I, I think wide receivers and, and X make a big difference. And, and defense is, is I would call one, one pick six or one turnover that's going to change a game. Well, we need to talk about the defense real quickly. Uh, Navy has the fourth-ranked rushing defense in the country, giving up just 85.6 yards per game on the ground. Donald Biscuit Berniard, the nose guard, Clay Cromwell, the defensive tackle, and Jacob Busick, the defensive end, have all played very well. The, the down linemen up front have been outstanding. Uh, John Marshall was just named unanimous All-American Athletic Conference. He was the only unanimous pick to the All-AAC team. He's been playing well at outside linebacker Nicholas Stroll. The other outside linebacker has been doing a great job of setting the edge. And they've got multiple inside linebackers, Colin Ramos, Will Harbour, Tyler Fletcher, uh, have all been playing well. Um, so, you know, that is to me, you know, Army's second-ranked rushing offense versus Navy's fourth-ranked rushing defense to me is going to be a key teller do you see Navy winning that battle? I think it's going to definitely come down to our eyes on defense. I think we, we have, we're going to out-scheme them. We have better players on defense. I, I don't think mano y mano, they're going to just line up and beat us. But, again, Army has always been really good at, like, a lot of the, the trap plays, the counter plays, the more unique runs out of the triple. Um, and they've kind of had our number here and there with these types of plays that they're, they're kind of hard to stop no matter, you know, how you scheme up the triple. I, but what it comes down to is how disciplined is everybody's eyes. Everybody wants to make a play. Everybody wants to make a statement. Everybody wants to win this game. And sometimes when you get in that mindset, you tend to play outside of your job. If everybody just does what Coach Nehemiah says, which is do your job, have clear eyes, they won't move the ball. Like, I don't see how they move the ball against us unless we just have sloppy eyes. Coach Nima likes to call his dirty eyes, I think. That's the term he uses. Keenan, I completely agree with you. Um, also, it's been great all year, you know, hearing your insight, Keenan, Chris, and Bill. I, I appreciate your time week in and week out um, going through the season. I know it's not always the easiest, especially not having a winning season. I know it's a lot easier when you're you know, winning every week and you can talk about the excitement. So I appreciate I also appreciate Scott Strasmeyer for keeping us in check every week. But defense, uh, Coach Newberry is, in my eyes, the man right now, holding Notre Dame to 13 yards in the second half. Like that's that's unreal, and I think that we we shut them out. Like Keenan said, if our, if our eyes are in the right place and we're playing a Simon football, and we have three weeks to have our bodies right, knees right, you know, cardio right, everything 
is, is in our favor right now. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm really, I really am. Well, I want to bring our producer, Chris Cervello in. We always have Chris get some thoughts from the guys. Chris, go ahead. So I'm going to ask this question again. I asked it mid season and, uh, I, I kind of feel like you guys shut me down, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be persistent. Knowing what we know about this team, it, uh, if we win the toss, do you take the ball and put your offense out there and let them control the tempo? Or do you like your, uh, you, you know, your, your defense uh, out, out there first against Army? We win the toss. I anticipate a deferment for sure. I agree. Second that. I think it's a little bit different. Like this game is just different, like compared to some other games where we're trying to start fast. Um. However, having said that, you know, Coach Neal might may be feeling excited. You know, he may be feeling, you know, like, hey, let's just let's do what we did against Central Florida. One thing I do know about Coach Neal, he's very superstitious. And we took the ball against Central Florida, went right down the field on him. So he might feel like we should do it again. So, hey, I, I, I expect the deferment, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a repeat of Central Florida. I think you've talked about it uh, before because we're so much like army and air force, as opposed to other teams, you know, we, we tend to put in a, a service Academy package without giving anything away. Do you expect something for, you know, different, something slightly, uh, you know, better or, or something that maybe army hasn't seen, or do you think that they just go with what, what got them here to this point? Well, there's always a, uh... You know, a wrinkle in the triple option that we use for big games. I know that, uh, you know, so hopefully we see some stuff that, you know, we have not seen all year. There's probably a couple of things that Coach Jasper, Coach Nemo, have their, uh, their eyes set on. Um, so, Keenan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some, some special packages. Uh, you know, I think last year would have been very interesting if we could have saw, like, kind of that one-two punch with Ty and Xavier that they had. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they go back to – some of the plays that they had designed for Xavier last year and, and really run those. Like he's your starter. Now he's been doing a very good job of running the traditional triple. And so now maybe you go back and you get some of the more unique looks that you wanted to do against army with him, but you couldn't because of the injury. And now you can, you can integrate it into your offensive package without like swapping quarterbacks and letting army kind of get a beat on when you're going to run that type of stuff. He's also improved, I think, in the season, week game to game, throwing the ball. So I, I do anticipate Army being stacking, stacking a box, being very aggressive, um, blitzing linebackers when we drop back to pass, and pretty much daring us to throw the ball. So we're going to have to have some sort of something drawn up to, to take advantage of that and, and hit a big one just to get them to back up and play a little bit honest. Bill, I'll ask one more. Uh, right now, the weather for Saturday, 46 degrees is the high, 33 the low. And that's kind of pretty good uh, Army Navy weather, right? I mean, there there isn't there's like ten percent chance of rain, so we're not looking at like a snowstorm, blizzard, or or driving rain. I mean, that that should be pretty good conditions for uh, Navy triple option football, no? Yeah, it's good. It's good for both teams, you know. It's just also it's good for the game as well, you know. And and, and no one wants to see uh you know snow and and rain. And it wants to see a, you know a true football game, so. Uh, I always liked it, you know, a little colder. I feel like, you know, as a as a, as a running back, you know, especially in the season, the colder it is, I think you last longer and not get as tired. Well, Keenan said last week that he he didn't like playing in the snow game the one year he did because it was so freezing. But in hindsight, he, he thought it was pretty cool. Right, Keenan? Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that's like fun to have played in, but not fun while playing, um, which is 
kind of a metaphor for the academy, which it's great to be from. I was from, just, just going to say that. <laughs> great place to be from, but not at. <laughs> but because uh, I just remember being my ar- my arms were so coaxed. I mean, the field was pretty much like a layer of snow and ice. So you get tackled and you just sliding on ice. And I don't think I've ever been that cold in my life. I, I was I was probably close to being hyperthermic for real. Bill, this is for you too. Um, are are you guys like me? I woke up today, and, and it was like, holy shit, it's Army Week. Uh, I mean, is that just a fan's response, or do you guys, you know, as a journalist, as as two former Navy greats, do you still feel like this? This is the best week of the year for me. I, I don't know if you can hear the excitement in my voice. Uh, Chris, I'm wearing my helmet right now, buddy. Yes. Okay, good. Well, I'll answer from my perspective. Uh, yes, it's exciting, but this week is such an incredible grind in terms of producing stories. Um, I am glad when this week is over, and I will freely admit on this podcast that Saturday night after Army-Navy which basically brings the end to a long season that began on August 1st with preseason practice and media day. I go out that Saturday night after army Navy game and get hammered. So uh, it's a little bit different <laughs> for a journalist. It's a, it's a real grind this week with a lot to do. Uh, Keenan, I'll let you get your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I got to travel for work this week. So I'm going to be like in multiple cities uh up until the game uh but so i'm just trying to get through my my work week so i can like focus all of my energy and excitement on in this game but um i'm really looking forward to it i might have to buy you a drink bill after the game yes celebratory drink of course i would i hope that we are having celebratory drinks and not drowning our sorrows all right that closes out our opening segment we are going to go to break and when we come back we will have the Academy Securities Alumni Spotlight. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. Navy Women's Basketball returns to Alumni Hall Friday, December 30th, as it opens conference play with a 1 p.m. matchup versus Boston University. Be sure to come out and support the midshipmen as they close out the 2022 calendar year with one more home contest. Speaking of women's basketball, we will be hanging Navy women's basketball legend Jade Geis' jersey from the Raptors on January 14th. The noon contest will feature the midshipmen taking on the Loyola Greyhounds. Don't miss your chance to help us honor Jade this January. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Speaking of basketball, don't miss your chance to catch five great games this basketball season with our Navy Basketball Weekend Mini Plan. For just $50 for adults and $25 for youth, fans can watch five Saturday Navy basketball games, including this year's Army-Navy doubleheader. So call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com for more information. And for our last announcement, I'm going to get a little help. The Kids Shipman Club is the official club of Navy Athletics. For just $20, your membership includes exclusive gifts like free tickets to Navy sporting events, a birthday card from Bill the Goat, and more. To register, visit NavySports.com. Go Navy! Beat Army! Now back to the pod. Welcome back to the pod, and it is now time for our weekly Academy Securities 
alumni spotlight segment. And we are thrilled to be joined tonight by the man behind Academy Securities, former Navy football player, legendary Navy football player, Phil McConkie. We had Phil on at the very beginning of the season and talked a little bit about his Navy career and his naval career as a helicopter pilot. So, Phil, let's really dial down more on Army-Navy. Why don't you kind of talk about your memories of the Army-Navy game during your years at the Academy? Any one game that stands out to you, Phil? Well, before I get started, you know, you give me all all those nice uh, accolades, but I got to tell you, Bill, all I am right now is uh, midshipman, third-class May McConkie's dad. So that that's about it. Um, you know, it's pretty interesting. Um, the thing that I've discovered about highly successful people is they hate to lose a hell of a lot more than they like to win. Um, you asked me about Army-Navy. We won three times. We lost one my junior year, 17 to 14. Uh, it sticks with me to this day. I barely even think about the three wins, but that one that got away from us, it's fourth and seven from their 12-yard line, and we had an option pass. The running back could run it or throw it, and he kind of hesitated, and by the time he threw it to me, I was out of bounds, and it went off my finger, and that feeling, that emotion sticks with me to this day. I need to go back. I need to fix it somehow. Well, that sounds like our guest last week, Eddie Myers, who beat Army as a sophomore and junior, but lost as a senior, well, tied, a 3-3 tie, and Eddie refuses to even talk about the game. Uh, The the games that you won, let's try to stick with the positives. (laughs) What what do you recollect of the games that you won? And back then, you did not play as a plebe, correct? Uh, I played in the Army-Navy game as a plebe. Yeah, I played as a plebe. Yeah, and, um, well, I remember winning big in that game. But the also other thing, again, you, you look at the negative. I was returning a punt, and I'm running up the seam. I'm running up the alley, and I thought I was going to break it and go, and somebody stuck a arm on the ball, fumbled it away, and, oh, but, yeah, we, we won that game big. I was a 145-pound freshman, um, and actually uh, at a function at the Naval Academy just recently ran into Bob Jackson, who was a big star on that team. He was a first class, and I was a plebe, and he was kind enough to invite me to his family's home. They lived in Philadelphia, not far from the stadium. So uh, I got to thank him again just recently for inviting a lowly plebe to his house to celebrate our big win over Army. So Phil, we haven't talked to you since the very beginning of the season. In fact, I think you were on the very first podcast of the season going into the opener. Uh, As you've watched the breadth of Navy season, what are your thoughts? uh, You know, obviously some disappointing Results early, but the team appears to have improved. And this stretch here against Cincinnati, Notre Dame, and Central Florida, which you know many thought might have been three blowout losses, instead Navy represented itself incredibly well. Could have beaten Cincinnati, rallied, and was in range enough that uh, a onside kick recovery could have given them a chance to beat Notre Dame, and then upset Central Florida on its home field when it was nationally ranked. Where are you with regard to Navy football at the moment? Well, I think the good thing about being on a football team, you always want to finish strong. You want to do better at the end of the season that you did in the beginning or the middle of the season. So we all should be really proud of this team, the way they've rallied. Um, You know, those teams are nationally ranked. Um, Beat one of them, came within a whisper, like you said, an onside kick potentially from 
beat Notre Dame, lose by three points, even Cincinnati. So uh, really proud of the effort that they've showed at the end of the year. And I think, you know, they've kind of come together. Uh, you want, you know, you don't want to sit and make excuses for the team, but, um, you know, lots going on, uh, you know, with, with the different rules in college football now. We were always undermanned uh, in the past, and it's even more so now with the sixth year and, you know, all the shenanigans that they're uh, allowing with other teams. But, you know, we just stick uh, to what we do best and really proud of the kids that they've rallied in this fashion to finish the season uh, the way they are. And, and, and we just hope that momentum carries over to uh, next Saturday. I'll turn it over to the guys for some questions. Keenan or Eric? You talk about, you know, how that translated, not just, you know, with the Navy game and the Army game, but just like you know, the, the feeling you had with your, 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 your friends and your teammates, you know, with those victories and, you know, what these guys are uh, you know, about to experience. I think, Personally, I think we roll Army. I think we absolutely dominate like we used to dominate. And, and Chris Averlo, Chris also just said uh, that we were only fa- – or are we, are we not favored? Or are, is Army favored by one? What was the numbers? We're a one-and-a-half-point one underdog. Which is crazy to me. So I, I want to hear your thoughts, Phil. Well, I, I kind of prefer to be an underdog anyway. Uh, I think we all understand what that means. And uh, I think that's pretty good motivation for the kids. Let them think what our army, whatever they've done with their schedule, but um, and as weak as it's been. But uh, again, I think that we're we're rallying at the right point. You know, it's been it'll be a few weeks since, you know, they last played. But uh, you got to love the way that they have finished the season. I think that momentum is definitely going to carry over into this game. Um, and, uh, you know, I just look for another big Navy win. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're right. And I think we absolutely just destroy them. Army schedule is yeah. nothing compared to Navy's. Yeah. It's, we're, you know, Notre Dame, UCF, the teams that we play. It's, Cincinnati, go on and on. Yeah, Army, yeah. I mean, some of these schools, I didn't even know that they're, they're allowed to play football anymore. It, but well, They played Hogwarts, I think, one of those one yeah, of the games. Yeah. But. No, I'm scared. But that's what they. But that's what they've. That's what they've. They've always done it that way. I remember back in the day. You know, we don't play Notre Dame. We don't play Tulane. We just play Holy Cross because that's the fearless Army way. Like <laughs> I don't remember. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, but I remember those jingles and marching songs from forty some years ago. <laughs> well, all you need to say is that Army would if the if Army were to beat Navy, Army would have six wins, and Army cannot go to a bowl because two of its wins or over football championship subdivision schools, and you can only count one of those toward bowl eligibility, and then two other victories are over teams that uh, allegedly are in the football bowl subdivision, Connecticut and Massachusetts, but they're the two weakest programs in FBS. So the schedule is quite questionable and not even comparable to Navy's. Phil, you mentioned about your daughter. Um, I Obviously, I'm curious as to what it was like for her at her first Army-Navy game up there at East Rutherford, New Jersey um, last season. And then, you know, I presume you had taken her to Army-Navy games previously? No, that was her first one ever. Um, and, uh, you know, she was lucky enough. She got to be a photographer's assistant. So she was on the field for the game uh, as a plebe. So I don't know how she finagled that, but she did that on her own. Um, and, you know, it's it's kind of telling for her to be there at East Rutherford, New Jersey, although it's the stadium's different. It's kind of where 
uh, I I played and had all those great times uh, back in the '80s. So it was special for her. It was special for us to you know be that close to the action on the field. And uh, uh, and I was there, and it, it, it was probably one of the greatest uh, Navy wins that I've I've been around. So it was you know turning the tide and beating Army and and the fashion that we did and and you know. Eat throughout the for New Jersey at uh, well, I'll call it Giant Stadium. It's not called that anymore, but it'll always be Giant Stadium to me. So one of the reasons we wanted to have you on again is to thank you for your season-long support of the alumni spotlight segment. We've had some great folks on here. I we really have enjoyed Craig Candido, who was the hero of the 2002 Army Navy game, and then you know last week Eddie Myers, some real Navy greats and legends, and. So we really appreciate Academy Securities for their sponsorship and support. And before we let you go, can you just kind of, you know, tell the people once again about Academy Securities, what the company does? Uh, it's obviously a special mission and, and very, very close to your heart and the fact that you're working with veterans. Yeah, we're an institutional uh, broker dealer. So we help corporations, municipalities, hedge funds, pension funds. Uh, asset managers uh, with their needs. And um, all along, we hire and train military veterans for careers in financial services. So we get to do two great things, serve our clients uh, with differentiated offerings with our 18 retired admirals and generals on our advisory board. And then, you know, watch some of these young heroes, uh, you know, be able to flourish in financial services and, and create great careers for themselves and their families. Um, you know, it's a it's a double edged sword that we uh, are so happy that we can you know help so many of these you know very very worthy young men and women. You know, again, I've talked about it before. The only war I was in was a Cold War. You know, these kids uh, they were in harm's way in real wars, and um, they're 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 great great kids. And you know, we're happy we can help them, and you know, just happy to sponsor you know the show here and with Eric and Keenan, um, two Navy greats. Um, we're so happy to be involved and, you know, look forward to beating Army and then starting off next year doing the same thing. But, you know, again, we're thrilled to have uh, participated uh, on the show and some great ones, uh, like you said. And so it was entertaining for all of us to listen in every week. And you guys did a great job. Um, you know, again, Eric and Keenan, some of the greatest ever. And and Bill, you know, great job to all of you and your team there putting this podcast together because it was outstanding all year long. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Bill McConkie of Academy Securities closing out our alumni spotlight segment for the season. Thank you very much, Bill. Thank you, guys. Good luck. Beat Army. Thanks, Bill. See you soon. It's the 123rd Army-Navy game. It will be held December 10th at Lincoln Financial Field, 3 p.m. kickoff. Uh, Going to be a packed house in Philadelphia. Uh, interesting uh, fact, this game will not come back to Philadelphia until 2027. I wrote about that for tomorrow's paper. This game is going to the New England region. Boston and Gillette Stadium are hosting next year. That's going to be the first time that it's ever been up there. And then it'll be in Baltimore, D.C., back to MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and then finally back to Philadelphia in 2027. And I spoke to the head of the uh, PHL Sports, which is the Philadelphia Sports Congress, uh, renamed. They're not happy that the city that has considered itself the home of the game is only getting one game in this current five-year cycle. So we're looking forward to it. It's going to be the biggest game 
this coming Saturday, the only game on college football game on TV. Be sure you're watching.